Hello friends, I'm Taylor from Game Closet on the RPG Academy Network, and I'm here to talk to you about Galatoon. Galatoon is a new battle card game designed by Dayton's very own Adam Wick. Created for fans of Super Smash Bros. and Overwatch, two or more players fight in a free-for-all battle for victory points. The first to three points wins, but characters keep respawning so that everyone stays in the game the entire time. The game also features a unique real-time feature where all players attack simultaneously. Galatoon will be running open drop-in and out demos throughout Akatacon, but our next big event after Akatacon is going to be OheiCon on January 26th through the 28th. You can find more info at galatoon.com. Hello, Michael here with a quick disclaimer. The episode that you are about to listen to was originally recorded as a live event, meaning that it was recorded and streamed over our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash the RPG Academy, or broadcast as a live event or recorded as a live event for our YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash the RPG Academy. Hopefully you will understand why the audio quality of this episode is not quite up to the same standards you have come to appreciate and expect from our show. And on the off chance that when you listen to this episode, you don't really notice a difference between this episode and a regular episode, don't say anything, because that will make me cry. Thanks, and enjoy the show. I'm wait just a little longer than usual and then say <laughs> hello and welcome to Detention Live from the RPG Academy. I am Michael and tonight I have a guest with me. You know her as Emily or Kickass Emily on Twitter. Emily, how are you doing tonight? Doing good. So for the people who don't know you, who are you? Um, well, what don't I do? Um, so yeah, for the people that don't know me, um, I am one half of Jimily, Jim and Emily. Uh, we do a couple of podcasts together. We do uh, Hero's Journey. Um, I helped out with the actual play of Satanic Panic. Um, so that's pretty much it for podcasting world. <laughs> um, and then we also design games. So I am part of Third Act Publishing, which um, designs and produces and fulfills the RPG games. So we've done a couple of those. And what are you working on now? I, <laughs> I am working currently on a game uh, called Domina Magica, which is a RPG that replicates the um, basically an episode of Sailor Moon, really, for me. We cut through everything. It's Sailor Moon, pretty much an RPG game. But no, it it I designed it so that way you could play any type of magical girl game that you wanted. If you want it to be more serious, you could you could totally go more serious. If you want to be, you know, so tropey and over the top and yell out your attacks while transforming into amazing, you know, pink ribbon rainbow sparkly goodness, I made that too. So perfect. And how far along are you on that process? Well, the Kickstarter is supposed to go live in November, um, but I think it's going to get pushed back just because we we got swamped with all kinds of stuff. Jim is working on all of his projects and didn't have really time to help me with mine, and I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so um, everything that I should have been doing, uh, I should have been you know contacting people and setting up interviews and setting up podcasts and setting up actual plays. I was not doing. <laughs> so I think it's going to actually be a spring um, Kickstarter now. Which is fine because then I really do want to play test the heck out of it and and you know um, try to get as many playthroughs of the game and system as I can because it's still not perfect yet yeah. and 
I know it won't ever be. And I know I'll keep finding more and more sure. things that I want to change as it goes on, but it's still, it's still to the point where I, I really don't feel comfortable with presenting it to people yet. So that's what I'm going to do at a catacon. Yeah. I was just going to say at a catacon, you're doing at least one. I know, uh, demo, I know. Which is, it's sold out, which again, it's not sold out because you don't charge anything, but all the seats <laughs> are taken, but you have the table all weekend. Do some more demos. I know I was, well, cause the one thing is I was, I was talking to Jim and I said, um, you know, for a catacon, I had so much fun playing and as a player. And I was so scared that if I filled up the entire weekend with me demoing, I was going to miss all the chances to like actually play in these games because I was going to be so focused on yeah. trying to run these games over and over. So I told Jim, I was like, well, I'll just run it once and then see what happens. And he's like, you're going to want to run it, you know, like four or five times. So you should probably do that. Yeah, at least twice, I would say. Yeah, at you least know, twice. Five yeah. might be too many, but I think twice would be good. Yep. Um, so cool. Well, again, thank you very much for joining us. Um, if you're not familiar with Detention, and this is to you and to the audience, uh, this is our weekly talk show where we talk about stuff uh, with our guests. The idea is that we are in the hallowed halls of the RPG Academy after hours because we have some hooligans, some ne'er-do-wells, some academaniacs, if you will, uh, that have gotten out of control and we got to take care of them. Uh, my usual partner in crime, Scott, is uh, neck deep in work. He's not able to join us tonight. So it'll just be you and I, but we will be fine. Okay. Um, so we do have some people that have joined us in chat already. Some of our regulars, Dirty Habanero, Targris, Blue Wizard, as well as uh, New York Tater. And um, uh, Targris says Magical Girl RPG sounds awesome. And he will also be at a Catacon. So there's a good chance he, I don't know if he's in your playtest, but he might get into one if we do another I one. I might do a pickup game because a lot of people who um, are coming to a catacon, I think, but don't really know a lot about it yet, or is like, oh, I'm not signed up for anything yet. I'm going to see what's what's there. Yeah. A lot of people, that, a lot of my friends anyway, are coming, and so I think um, I think I'll probably end up doing a couple pickup games for her. Well, that would be fantastic as well. Um, so the. First thing that we do on this show, uh, after as far as like our uh, you know um, banter, is our "What are you drinking?" segment. So Emily, <laughs> what are you drinking tonight? Um, I don't really know if it's a drink. It's a uh, <laughs> it is a banana chia mac smoothie from Tropical Smoothie Cafe. <laughs> my dinner. <laughs> oh, uh, perfect. Uh, I'm being boring again tonight. I have my water. It's in my uh, Logan commemorative cup. <laughs> Yeah, I just got out of belly dance class and I had to race home to get here. So That's I was like, true. oh my gosh, I don't have time for dinner. What am I going to do? So I just <laughs> grabbed a smoothie. Fair, fair enough. Um, usually, like the other people that are on the show, like Matt and Scott, are usually drinking like whiskey or beer or something. <laughs> so that's kind of where it came from. I always just must drink water or L8, which is a soda. Uh, but hey, you never know. Things could get interesting. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm super boring. I got a smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> well, and one of the rules here is anytime we mention session zero, you have to take a drink. So, oh, drink. okay. Uh, okay. And you might want to, you know, take take your time because you're going to do that a lot. At okay. least in most episodes, we get around to that quite a lot. Okay. All right. So the first thing we actually do here is what we call extracurricular. And that's just where we talk about what we've been up to for the last couple weeks or so. Um, so we've already talked a little bit about uh, your game, but is there anything else? And it doesn't have to be RPG related. It can be TVs, movies, media, just something that you've been up to the last couple weeks. Oh my gosh. I, October is a crazy, crazy month. Um, we, uh, we started, we cooked, we kicked off October with two weddings back to back, um, in the same day. And then, oh, wow. since then yeah, really and back to back. No, seriously. Like one was at four thirty, The next one was at six thirty. 
<laughs> same day. So um, we kicked that. We kicked October off with that, and then um, then it's been Ren Fair for a couple weekends. And um, I had a performance last weekend at the Southgate Revival House for my belly dance. I had three different performances at three different times with three different costume changes, three different choreos, <laughs> three different entirely different routines that I had to. Um, work on and come up with myself. So that took up a lot of time. And then this Saturday I'm having my Halloween party. It's uh it's my annual Halloween party, except last year I did not have one. So everybody, um, everybody's really excited because last year I had, guess what? More weddings. Uh-huh. So I couldn't do one last year. And a lot of people are really upset because they're like, you always do one. This was your sixth year in a row. And so this will, this is the, the almighty return of the Halloween party. So I have been cleaning, prepping, decorating, baking, buying <laughs> crafting nice um that so yeah and then i've i've been working um i've been working a lot of overnights at work which is starting oh. to, yeah it's not fun <laughs> it's not fun um i've been i've been getting you know very just you know kind of in the dregs of it's halloween and i should be excited for halloween and yet i'm putting up christmas cards in my work and i'm putting out advent calendars and <laughs> so what I started doing to kind of keep myself out of the holiday blues, as it were, the retail, retail blues, uh, is I started doing these like little five minute videos every day of just like, hey, guys, this is what I'm doing to prepare for the party. These are little crafts I'm doing. These are, you know, this is like what I decorate with and, you know, um, trying, trying to keep my keep up my creativity and sure. positivity and not get so bogged down with the retail hell that is <laughs> my job. Yeah. I worked retail for a very long time, uh, about 15 years. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, I grew to hate holidays. I hated Christmas. I hate Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't as bad as home, home Depot, honestly. They, cause then it was, spring was always like the big year. So like, Oh the, yeah. The, you know, you had like spring and summer holidays were the ones that were busy. No one cared about Home Depot at Christmas. Uh, but yeah, my years at, target were awful when it came to the holidays and i do not miss that at all yeah yeah so it's it's very weird to to have halloween stuff in the store but yet the i had to work till 3 a.m last night and then yet be back in the store at 12 today uh to finish up all the christmas stuff and put up this christmas holiday and cap and put up that christmas holiday table so yeah it's and, and see i'm a person i love halloween i love christmas i love thanksgiving i love all the holidays like they were huge in my family my family you know my family celebrated each and every holiday and went big or go home. Like we had, a, <laughs> we had a huge Valentine's day. We had a huge St. Patrick's day. Like, so yeah, so the holidays really do mean a lot, but yeah, it's hard to keep up that, you know, happy spirit when you're dealing with angry customers and yeah. Christmas cards on discount. And so, yeah. yeah, so I'm just trying to stay upbeat and positive and happy and thinking about all the good things that are coming in November. Yeah, like a catacon. <laughs> like a catacon. <laughs> uh, among some other things, you know, like Metatopia or whatever, but you know. I But I'm not going to Metatopia and I'm not going to uh, Pax that, Unplug and all that. I, I got to choose. I got to choose one. Uh, <laughs> and you chose I got, wisely. I chose a catacon. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I have I have the pencils all over my work. Anytime somebody comes up, uh, customers like, "Can I steal a pencil?" I'm like, "You can have one." Yes. And like, I give them <laughs> give them the eye, like, pay attention. Yeah, like, yeah, here, just read it carefully. <laughs> that was uh, fun. 
So uh, again, anyone who's been listening for like the last two months will know that I am hip deep in a catacon prep. Uh, it's actually starting to get like to the to the wire. We're, we're getting things ordered. I got a whole bunch of stuff in today, uh, and that's kind of exciting. I've started organizing everything, trying to get it ready for uh, travel. You know, because at this point, we're going to have to make like three trips, or I'm going to have to have multiple people help me because uh, we got so much stuff this year. It is insane all the stuff that we've got going on. Uh, so it's going to be a good time. But again, the people who listen are probably uh, tired of me talking about it. So the other thing I've been doing is re-watching uh, Stranger Things. <gasps> Season two comes out Friday. So I want to so be ready for uh, so I can binge it all in the first weekend. And then my kids have gotten me hooked on Plants vs. Zombies. Like, I know that's been out forever. No, yeah, I was going to say, that's an amazing game, but geez, like, yeah. what, three years ago? My kids just started playing it, and I started watching them, and then, of course, they're doing it wrong because they're dumb kids. So I'm, like, <laughs> helping them, and now I've kind of got addicted to it, so I'm playing it all the time at this point. Uh, it's a, Yeah, it's addicting. I yeah. played it when it first I, – I played it the first week it came out on Steam. Oh. See, so yeah, I was, like, three, four years ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm way behind the times. <laughs> But it's still that's okay. But that's that's all right because like Jim and I are huge advocates of waiting till the hype dies down and then enjoying it in your own time and your own pace yeah. and not having the the pressure of like all of the different. Oh my God, you have to watch this and you have to see it. And it's like yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. <laughs> I do it. I won't. I do it. I won't. <laughs> you can't. And then I. The reverse happens, though, where so many people tell me you have to do this, you have to watch it or you have to read it. I just lose interest in it because I'm like, eh, now it's been ruined. Now I don't really I'm yeah. a I'm a I'm a very um, uh, opinionated redhead who's stubborn. And so as, as soon as you tell me I have to do something, I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. Well, and then also I've had that where because so many people have hyped it that I'm going to be disappointed because it's never going to live up to that much hype. Stranger Things will. <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah, but I, I'm not going to wait on that. Yeah, I'm super excited for the season two. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so Dirty Her Dirty Harbinger said, I'm not supposed to call my kids dumb. I mean it in an affectionate way. I meant that they're dumb and that they don't know how to play games well. They're not actually dumb, but you know. And Plants vs. Zombies is definitely one of those games where you have to have like a bat backseat driver. Like you're playing the game and there has to be at least four people on the on the <laughs> couch behind you yelling at you at the screen like, don't forget about that one. Yep. And uh, You do it. Yeah. Uh, no, you missed the sunshine. Oh, okay. Uh, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. All righty. So uh, we'll move into um, 10 things. This is one of our improv games. So I, I you know, again, I um, uh, told you to try to listen to an episode. I don't know, don't know how far you got. Uh, but the idea of 10 things is it's a game that focuses on immediacy. So we're going to give each other a prompt to name 10 things. And those can be anything. And your job is to come up with 10 of them as quickly as possible. And speed is more important than accuracy. Oh, gosh. So okay. It doesn't okay, have to okay. be like a good answer. It just has to be a quick answer. <laughs> okay. All right. So would you like to receive the prompt first or give the prompt first? Uh, let's receive it. <laughs> oh, going bold. I like it. Uh, let's do this. Oh, my God. So it's just 10 things that blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah I, will, I will give you a prompt and then you'll come up with 10 things. All right, you don't, you're not cheating. Like you don't have cards that you're pulling out, right? No, no, no. I, 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 <laughs> I try to tie it back into the, um, uh, into the, what we've talked about so far in some way. Um, so what are 10 things that are going to happen at your Halloween party? Oh my God. Uh, there's a custom contest at 12. One. Uh, somebody, somebody will probably spill something that usually always happens. Two. Maybe break something, break Three. something for sure. Um, uh, oh gosh. Uh, somebody will eventually get makeup on the, um, on the walls. Always happens. Um, 
a uh, decoration will get tangled in somebody's costume. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, most 90% of the party will usually uh, happen after like 12 o'clock. Um, <laughs> Sick. Um, uh, uh, it's the one night out of the year that both Jim and I get uh, kind of wasted because we're both home. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, shoot. Oh, my gosh. Um, I usually go to bed at 3 p- or three a.m. while everyone's still in my house and I don't kick anybody out. I just go to bed. Um, <laughs> uh, sometimes I will come back downstairs in my jam jams while everyone else is still in costume and having a good time and I will be in pajamas. Um, and oh, my God. Uh, oh, shoot. Um, somebody will eventually come dressed as Jim. Well, yeah. well, the other gym always does. And then it's basically a black shirt and khaki khakis. Shorts. Yeah, no, somebody will always come in black, black polos and khakis and be like, what's your costume? He's like, I'm dressed up as gym every year, every year. Nice. Fantastic. That was very good. You did an excellent job. Uh, so now you're to give me a prompt and I will fail miserably at this. Oh, I got you. Uh, 10 things that you still need to do before a catacon. Shower. <laughs> Shave. This is three weeks, by the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can shave more. Um, I need to order the table toppers. I need to finalize the floor plan. I need to figure out if they're going to give us food or not. I haven't figured that out yet. Um, I need to verify all my vendors that they have the Wi-Fi password. Um, I need to figure out how we're going to transport everything. Um, I got to get time off of work because you know, that's always important. Um, I got to prep the games that I'm running. Uh, and then I got to pick something to play. I haven't, I haven't signed up to play anything yet. There's a great game called Domina Magica. <laughs> yeah, I want to be into it, but it's full. Couldn't I know, do it. I know, I know, I know. And I'm hoping that I'm hoping that all of my players are are guys because I really they seem to have way more fun with it. So. Interesting. It's just I don't know. I don't know if that they just. Uh, they're drawn to like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I kind of know about Sailor Moon and that sounds fun. Let me do that. But, uh, but I've played with people who loved Magical Girls and I've played with people who loved uh, RPGs and have no idea what Magical Girls are. So I've done both, but it seems to, it seems to me so far that the couple play tests that I've had so far that guys really have fun with it. Very, very cool. We'll have to see if that continues uh, or not. All right. So the next thing we're going to do is what we call used books. Um, so again, we're going to talk about an old campaign, uh, maybe one that ended terribly, doesn't have to. And the idea is like any good used book, we're going to look in the notes and the margin for notes. And the idea is we're going to figure out what kind of lessons learned. So some, something that went well, we want to repeat something that went poorly that we want to avoid. Uh, so Emily, you're the guest. Is there a campaign that you can talk about? It doesn't have to be D&D. Uh, a lot of it is, but it not required so just yeah. uh, you know talking about no campaign and then kind of the overall story to it and then kind of how it ended um like and so it doesn't have to end badly no no it okay, just feels right. usually more fun but uh okay. but no no um i i felt well i felt bad because the one campaign that i ran that i was super excited about after hero's journey had ended was the l5r campaign with my three girls and they uh we all f- four of us, the four girls of us got bitten by the RPG bug and kind of went out and did our own thing. And like one of them, uh, Shelby went out and, um, is now part of a different D and D campaign. Um, I think Megan is now, uh, either running or in a Pathfinder game. And then I don't know if Lauren's doing anything, but I am obviously designing my own RPG game. So we all came together with this L5R game and played it for about, um, I don't know, four or five different sessions and then dispersed and never ended it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so they all, they always say to me like, Oh man, we really have to get together and finish this campaign. I'm like, you tell me when you guys are available because every time I sit down at the table, all three of you are like, Oh, I'm in another game or I have something else to do or I'm super busy. And I like, I totally understand it. We're all adults, but it's one of those things where they keep coming back to me like, Oh, you need to finish this campaign and we need to get together. I'm like, yeah, tell me when give me a time. <laughs> nice. So it never, it never actually finished. It never completed. So, and right. that was what, a year and a half ago now. So for anyone who isn't familiar, um, there was a, there's a podcast Emily kind of talked about at the beginning <laughs> called hero's journey. Uh, and the idea was that you had never ran a game before. And nope. Jim sort of being, you know, the expert, uh, as some people would say, some people, uh, at running games, he was kind of walking you through the process. You were talking about what you were doing, what you were concerned yeah. about, what you were excited about. And he was just sort of helping to help you, you know, tread the waters as it were. Yeah. Uh, he, um, so it's really weird because I know this is going to shock a lot of people, but I got Jim into D and D or got, I got Jim into role playing. I have been playing since I was 16. So I had never ever DM'd before. And so he was like, that's, you know, would, would you want to run a game? And I said, yeah, it's time. I have all these girls that want me to run games for him. So let me do that. And he said, are you nervous? And are you scared? I said, absolutely. He goes, Let's roll with that. Let's work with that. So then we started actually like recording these sessions of me getting prepared for this game. And yeah, he, he you know, he went through the steps of like, now you're going to name your game. Now you're, and it's to help a lot of first people who may not think of running games. Like they can go to this and kind of have this resource to be like, oh, I want to run a game. Well, if she can do it. I can do it. Right. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so there's a lot of information. Anybody who has not listened to that, it's definitely worth the listen. It's not that many episodes. It's, you know, maybe eight or nine. I don't know if, if even that many. Um, but, but what was the story that you came up with with your game? What, what was the plot? So, uh, so I really liked, um, I, Hmm. I don't even know how I came up with the plot, but the plot was uh, that there was this crazy things uh, happening in the um, forest up in the Phoenix lands. It was a lot of bad juju. It was a lot of, you know, bad things and evil things and all that. And um, so uh, of course the camp, the three um, girls who were playing different, uh, you know, one was a mantis, one was a, a unicorn and one was a crane. They were called by their daimyos to go up and investigate and be like, all right, what is all this bad stuff happening in this forest? Like, why are there people missing? Why are there people coming back with, you know, um, disformed ligaments? Like what's, you know, what's, what, what is so evil and bad in this forest? And they never got to that. I mean, they, they traveled all the way up to it. But they actually never revealed, it was never revealed to them. It was actually a Phoenix Shugenja kid, child, who never had proper training. He was actually, uh, he was a, he was conceit or, um, con he was, I don't want to say like, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the word. Um, he was conceived, there we go, in secret, and he was never meant to be born. And so the mother saved him, birthed him, and then tried to drop him back off of Phoenix lands to be like, hey, this is a Phoenix baby. Somebody raised him as such. Hmm. And no one did. The forest kind of took him over. And so he, ra he was raised as kind of a, a natural Shugenja where he had power, but uh, I think it was actually it turned out to be a girl, but the girl like never really had control of her power. So she was just making this stuff happen and it was total accident. Like, you know, she was making these uh, crazy apparitions happen and the forest was protecting her and these forest spirits, uh, they, they come from like, um, they're, they're Kami and they come, I forget the realm name, but it's the realm of chaos. She befriended these Kami. And so now these like chaos, chaotic Kami were helping her kind of just spread destruction. And, and so they never really revealed that, but that's kind of what the overarching story is like, Oh, Oh, that's a neat that's a neat idea okay. I, I want to do that and so where did your players start 
Like where did you kick off the actual game? Way down in the um, Emeralds, uh, at the Emerald um, Champions uh, threshold. I have the whole map drawn out of like each city that I wanted to hit um, while they were traveling up north uh, towards Phoenix Lands. But yeah, it started off with the the Emerald Champion wanted this, uh, wanted them to investigate this and he kind of wanted it all hush hush. And so there was like all these little threads of storyline that I tried to plant with them too. So like each of my players not only had this overarching goal of like, hey, go up and investigate this, but each one had a secret mission from their daimyo of like, hey, this is a good opportunity to also further your clan um, and their family. And so like they, the daimyos kind of like snuck in scrolls to each of them to be like, while you're doing this, also do this for me. Also investigate this. Also steal this. So each, all three of them had their own mission that they were trying to complete as well. So that that was really nice. So I had a bunch of like kind of little story hooks to see, you know, where they would go and how they would travel. So they started way south um, where the Emerald Champion lives and then traveled north and they got all the way to the forest, but that was where the last campaign ended. They never actually got into it and did all the crazy crap that I had planned. So, so there's two big things there that I, I want to kind of pull out and talk about. And and one we've we've talked about many times. Most campaigns die, at least in my experience and the people I've talked to and in my sphere of influence uh, and, you know, communication, by far the most campaigns usually just die but rather than actually ending in any sort of way. It's just like, oh, okay, I guess we're never going to play that again. Yep. You know, it's, it's an, that was fun. Yeah, it, it was fun. It was great. And I still want to play, but uh, something happened or this person moved away or, uh, you know. Life, life gets in the way. Life gets in the way. And then when you get back together, everyone's excited about a new character concept and they don't really want to bring the other one up, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things I want to talk about was having characters with secret objectives. Uh, it kind of makes me think of, you know, there's there's a lot of board games where you're working together but you can also have your own objective that lets you win the most. Uh, or there's actual betrayal mechanics in some games where you can win if everyone else loses. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've said many times, I'm not a fan of the one evil character who's secretly working against the party. I just like that's garbage. No, I hate that. So when you were developing these secret goals, did you come up with them and give them to the player? Did you come up with them together? Uh, mm-hmm. how, how did that evolve? So um, I... Uh, Playing D and D when I was younger, I always thought that was really I we never I was never given the secret um, the alternative you know mission, so it was one of those things where every time I played D and D with a, a bunch of people, I'm like, why am I even here? Why is my character even here? Like, if you want me to be true to my character, I'm gonna go off and do my own thing. And of course, that always breaks up the party, and that always turns into, okay, Emily, what are you doing? Because everyone else is doing this thing together, and you've gone off on your own. So it was one of those things where I never I always was looking for okay like not to get deep and, you know, philosophical, but it was like, what was my purpose? Like, why am I even here with this team? It's like, well, you're traveling together and you're partners. It's like, okay, well, why? So I always struggle with that. And then when I'm at gym, I even struggle with that in his campaigns. I'm like, I don't even understand why I'm traveling with these people. And he's like, well, you have to make that storyline. And I'm like, no, I don't. You have to make it. So we would fight. So to combat that, I really liked the idea of having their daimyos, which are kind of like the head of their clan, give them a specific mission because it is very much a um, kind of a more political world with a lot of political ties. It's like, you know, very kin to Game of Thrones. So nobody, nobody that goes off on a mission is just to do it. No one's, no one's just, you know, I'm going to go off and investigate this. It's always, there's always a reason for it. So I like that concept. So when I came up with the idea of giving each person a secret mission, 
it really was selfish. It was really to give my DM skills kind of breathing room to throw in plot hooks when I needed to. So I was scared. I was so scared of not coming up with enough ideas that I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to have all these little plot seeds to pull on. So that way, if we get into a, um, a point in the story where I don't know what to do, I can just be like, Oh, this is remember this that we talked about earlier with your little secret mission that might have something. And what ended up happening is I actually took, (laughs) I actually took actual parchment paper and wrote on there with quill and ink of like, dear, you know, my, my character's names, like dear Matsu, you know, like this is your Genpoko ceremony. You're going off on your own. Here's your chance to prove yourself to the unicorn. You know, you're going to go investigate this. However, you are also going to do this for the unicorn. And so I even wrote this whole handwritten letter for each of my, (laughs) each of my players. So I presented it to them with these rolled up scrolls of like, and this is for your, from your daimyo and this is from yours. And I'm sorry. And they still have them to this day. Like, no, that's very cool. They love that part of it. Like even, I think like one of them, he was like, I'm going to unroll this and like frame it on the wall. (laughs) No, just having that little hook for me to, for my help. And the fact that my players loved the idea, just, it turned out so well. Okay. So I've again, talked about this before where I'm, I'm, a fan of character secrets, but I'm not a fan of player secrets. Oh, okay. Like if your character is secretly the prince who's trying to overthrow the, uh, you know, your evil stepbrother who took over the kingdom, everyone at the table is going to know that about your character, but all their characters don't necessarily know. Oh, uh, okay. So with, with your players, mm. did you share? No. So everyone, so no one nope. knew what anyone else's secret, did they, they all know all, that they had one? They all knew that they had one because okay. I, li- so like you could deduce that if like, if all of a sudden your DM hands you this scroll of like, this is also from your family and then everybody else got one too. And it was very much like, you know, Hey, by the way, you're, you know, you're also doing this, but here's what you're, here's what the clan wants from you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're the empire might want you to go investigate this, but here's how you're going to further your clan too. So each one got one. So they all knew that they had scrolls from their families. Um, I can I can assume that they all deduced that it was probably a hidden one for each of them. Right. I don't. I, I didn't really ask. We didn't really get into like um, when we when we ended the play sessions. We were just so psyched and so hyped up that it was amazing. Like I was having so much fun. They were having so much fun. So we got talking about it, but I never delved into that aspect. Of- okay. Was there ever anything like when you made up what these secret objectives were? Was there ever any thought to this may cause conflict between the group? Like, was oh, that absolutely. In, okay, so I didn't know. So, <laughs> like, when you designed them, did you do that so that there would be conflict? Where it was like, well, if I do this, I'm I'm fulfilling this, but I could be hurting the party this way. Um. No, I did. I didn't have like the, the thing about L5R is it's it is all about political tension. Like it's all about my clan doesn't really feel you know secure with your clan, and you know, but hey, maybe this clan and my clan we get together because of this. So I I didn't do it with the intent of like hopefully this will drive a wedge between you two, um, but it could have you know the way that I had them, the way the characters then develop themselves. Uh, one of them turned out to be much more honorable than I thought they were going to be. So it's like, oh, okay, you know, their honor might be a problem with her objective now just because of how the story unfolded. So in the beginning, it was definitely not a, this is going to cause tension later. Yes, yes. Um, It was much more of like a, hey, here's your secret mission for the clan. And honestly, they could have shared it if they wanted to. It was never like, keep this a secret, Mm -hmm. you know. 
it was, you could totally share that with you, but each one of their clans, because of who they picked, they did a fantastic job. I don't think they realized this, but they did a fantastic job of picking a very balanced group of people who their clans weren't necessarily at war with each other, but they still didn't really trust them. So it was very interesting to watch the three interact because you had the like the mantis is this dirty pirate who just you know loves gaijin stuff and and trades and commerce which is looked down upon in rokugan so she's like this dirty pirate like almost like the the captain jack sparrow kind of creature (laughs) next to the prim and proper crane character who you know loves beautiful things and loves that and you know so they necessarily didn't hate each other but their clan was kind of like the cranes looked down on the mantis and then you have over here the um shall we play the lion and the lion are super honorable and super like you know we're doing everything to protect our empire because we've got the fantastic army so they were kind of like i don't have a problem with you two as long as you are loyal to the emperor so nice the dynamic was really cool yeah, I think L5R is kind of its own beast. Um, <laughs> a lot of people were like, oh, why are you choosing that as your first campaign? <laughs> well, that, that, that is a conversation for another time. Sure. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but I think that maybe in that type of game, having the, the player secrets and character secrets does make a little bit more sense uh, than what I would call a typical D&D game where it's kind of assumed that you're all this together, you're all heroes, mm-hmm. you're off on a journey. Where because the political machinations are a large part of that game, I can see where that might add an element. Where in other games, I'm, I'm not a big fan, but I think that that one might be an exception. I don't know for sure because I haven't played it enough. Uh, I've only actually played it twice, and you can yeah, listen to both times. I know. I listened to. Both, I already listened to both of them. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and the funny thing is that when I played for, oh gosh, we had a three-year campaign, three or four-year campaign. So I played a scorpion and oh, my secrets. (laughs) I had a list of stuff that I was trying to do and manipulate and, you know, trying to make happen that the, I still, to this day, I don't even know if my, my fellow, um, table mates, like even knew half of it. I had so many secrets and my, and my character as well as Emily, like, my character Shishiro had secrets that they kind of knew what was going on. And then I had secrets that I was playing, you know, her and, uh, cause that's what the scorpions do. Like, I mean, they literally have a book called the book of lies that is <laughs> sacred to them. So, so yeah, it, I think it also depends on, you know, which clan you play too. Okay. Cause like, I think if I had like a, um, a super well see yeah like you said it's more political but like if i had a if i had a player who was like i'm really honest all the time because that's something you could have you could take a disadvantage that you have to tell the truth all the time so if somebody asked them like oh what's your scroll their character would then have to reveal that so it, it yeah it i like you said i think it lends itself very well in this setting i don't know how it would have gone if i would have done like a dd or a pathfinder setting and then tried to still do the secret uh missions right. it just it lends itself very well to L5R. Okay. So looking back on that game as a whole, so all the sessions, all the prep you did beforehand, is there anything that if you had to do it again, you would do differently? Ooh, uh, <laughs> um, not put it off for so long. <laughs> um, well, we, re- we recorded the first couple sessions, which was a hassle because I had to have Jim there because I was like, all right, they were doing four different mics, four different, you know, headphones. So that was really interesting um, to then also record it because, it, it, you know, playing a game recording is so different than just playing a game with your friends and, you know, you can yeah. do whatever you want. So that dynamic's a little weird. Um, so I think if uh, I would have loved to not 
have it recorded to see how different the game would have been. So um, I love the fact that we recorded it because I can go back and I can listen to it now and I can be like, that's my first game and look how much fun we had. And if we ever do pick it back up, hmm, uh, I can listen to all of those and go, oh, that's right. That did happen there. I can play that back in. So um, I think if I had to go back and do it again, I would have loved, not necessarily saying I would, but I would have loved to see how the game would have been so different if we didn't record the first four, three or four uh, play sessions. Okay. That's a, but that's about, as I was going to say, that's the only different thing I would change because I loved the, the, I loved the um, just product so much. Like I loved the um, outcome of it. Okay. So I wouldn't want to change it because I'd be afraid that. <laughs> So, well, this may be too broad of a too easy of a question, but so what did you do that you would like you're always going to do in the future? Like it's like this game worked well. I think this is part of the reason why. So next game I will do the same thing. Uh, you're going to hate me because I'm going to do it. Um, I will definitely always have a session zero. Take a drink. Not many left. Um <laughs> So I will always do that because that that was so interesting to just be like, hey, this, you know, we're not, don't even come over with anything in mind. Just come over. We're just going to talk about what you want out of the game. What of like what your experiences are. Um, you know, you're going to get to know me. You're going to get to know the people you're playing with. Um, what what kind of character would you like to play? Is there anything that you want to, you know, just like that, having that was so um, beneficial to running a game and I will always have that now because sometimes like when I play with Jim we didn't really have that we just jumped in it was like all right now here we're rolling characters go and you're sitting here for three hours so it was I I even have kind of like when people come over to play of like all right what are you guys' expectations does anybody have any time you know um, restraints does anybody have any you know cell phone things that I have to know about of like hey I'm also waiting for my brother who's in you know my brother-in-law who might be having a baby tonight that kind of stuff so that little prepping and debriefing before the initial game and then before each game when people come over was just so nice. And you, and I know a lot of people are like, we're still talking and we should be playing games. And you know, it's, um, but I never had that. I never had people like tapping their foot going, when are we going to get to rolling dice? And when are we going to get characters? It was just so much fun to, you know, kind of like, Hey, while we're on surface level, why we're still out of character, you know, what are you guys hoping to get out of this? You know, what do I as a DM need to know? All right, now let's dive in. Okay. I think those are great things to for any game as well. Uh, so with that, we will close up this used books and we will go into everyone's favorite part of the show. Where have my fingers been? Um, do you have any idea what that is? No. Perfect. Okay. No. So yeah, so this is an action. It's an improv game called Where Have My Fingers Been? There's a little song we have to sing. Okay. And then, much like before, we'll give each other a prompt. And the idea is that we will create a scene. So your scene might be you're waiting in line at the grocery store. And then you'll do a little like, hey, this is a really long line. Like, yeah, I wonder what's going on. And you just have a little scene back and forth with your two people. Uh, Oh, my gosh. And then if you want to get creative, you can bring in a third person. Scott loves to do that sometimes. Uh, But the idea is that you'll have a scene with a beginning, a middle, and an end. My fingers are broken today, though. I I saw the tape on one. I know. Um, So would you like to... Give a prompt first. Receive a prompt first for your fingers. Again. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give one. Okay. This time. All right. I received one last time, so I'm gonna give one. Oh, well, All I, right. I kept singing the song first. So okay. What's the song? Well, well, so I'll sing it for me. Then you'll sing it for you. But it's uh, okay. Where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? And then you say, where my fingers have been. <laughs> okay. So we do that before the scene. You sing that, and then I give you the prompt. Yep. Now you give me the okay. prompt. So tell me where my okay. fingers have been. 
Uh, your fingers are currently, uh, one is ordering a Starbucks drink from the barista. Okay. <laughs> is that like, or just like yours, or do I say like, you're out of Starbucks? Either one, that's, yeah, that's perfectly fine. Okay. It's like, I've, I've never actually been in a Starbucks before. This is like crazy. Uh, Sarah, what do you want? I, like, I've heard stories that this place was, like, magical, almost like a Narnia-type situation. Uh, so there's a line. Um, man, like, it, uh, this is crazy. Uh, sir, if you don't order something, I'll kick you out of the store. Uh, I'll have a kid's temp hot cocoa. Thanks, Tim. And that's where my fingers have been. Yay! Yay! And Beef Griller showed up just in time for where our fingers have been. All right. All right. So, so now, now you get to sing the song. <laughs> They're so broken. Okay. Um, where have my fingers been? Yep. Where have my have fingers, fingers been? been? Your fingers have where been. Where they been? Um, you're watching a magical girl, girl transformation with no idea what's happening. So two people are watching it? Yep. So they're talking okay. to each other. Okay. Oh my God, this is my favorite part. Um, well, I, the, this is like the third episode. I still am lost. No, you don't understand. Like this happens every episode. Yeah, no, I noticed, but I still, you're not telling me like what's it like. She's growing. Is she growing up? Is she getting older? Is this a different person? Like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like, let, watch. Why doesn't the villains just shoot her right now? No, they don't have guns. That's not how it works. But, uh, but she's taking like five minutes to transform into somebody else like what are the villains doing just standing there no it's it's like a subspace thing like it's out of just just keep watching and like look look the ribbons are coming <laughs> and that's where my fingers have been yay fantastic thank you so much for playing along with our reindeer games <laughs> that was fun <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, so now we're going to move into what we call cryptozoology. And this is where we take a look at a monster. And it's normally from D&D, but again, there's no uh, rule that it has to be. Mm -hmm. uh, talk about a little bit about the lore behind it, if, if it's necessary. Uh, talk about ways we have used this monster in the past. And then maybe talk about some ideas for how we could use it in the future. So, Emily, oh, okay. do you have a monster you'd like to talk about? Um, I have... Uh... That I've encountered or that I've used? I mean, since you've not DM'd that much, it maybe it's, know, it's something you could be something you encountered. Okay. Um, yeah, we had a, a, let's see. I'm trying to think back to my D&D &D games, but Jim was really, Jim was running D&D &D games and he really wanted to be running L5R games because a lot of our D&D &D games were literally just political things happening and, and us running around the, the entire like <laughs> um, world. But um we did come in contact with these things in L5R once, and I called them mamas, but I don't know really what their actual names were. I just called them mamas because it was like a great giant maw that would open up and eat people. So, like a so, like pit sort of situation? Kind of, yeah. I think, well, he showed me a picture once of them, and I, I don't know if that's where I got the name from them or just, but I just called them mamas. And then they take on this like grandmother, like, oh, my mama. Nice. <laughs> He hates puns so bad, and I love him. <laughs> nice. So, uh, so let's talk about this the mama. Mm -hmm. um, so, when you encountered it in in your game, was it like you must go to the mama and face it, or was it like, hey, we're walking through a forest? Oh, what the fuck is that? Yeah, we were uh, we were infiltrating. Uh, if I remember correctly, and I could be totally wrong about this, but um, we were infiltrating. Um, it was the it was in the forest of the Naga. We were going down to visit the Naga, and we came upon some like black magic Maho ritual. And I, being the stealth character, 
was up in a tree and I rolled so high on my stealth roll that they were like, there is just a black hole of where a tree should be. Right. And when people look at it, they don't even see the tree. So that was pretty awesome. But yeah, this like, I think it was part of the evil ritual or something that this mama like rose out of the ground and was just like, oh shoot, that's a demon. I'm pretty sure it's a demon that they summoned. And the thing that there was more of them and I know we fought them and they were pitched to fight. Um, uh, so yeah, I don't. Th- I I think it was it was part of this evil blood ritual that we had kind of happened upon, and we were infiltrating, and they had just successfully raised a bunch of them before we could stop it. Okay, so uh, it, what I'm thinking of is there's quite a few game, quite a few monsters. Uh, again, I, I go to D and D because I played it more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sort of erupt out of the ground, you know, and attack. Uh, there's giant like trapdoor spiders. There's the oh, I can't think what they're called right now. Oh my god. There, but there's a creature that comes out of the ground and like eats you. Um, there's the boule, which does that as well. So, I, so I guess t- in general terms, what do you think it is about monsters that just sort of erupt out of the ground underneath you that are either interesting or scary or fun in a role playing game? Um. Oh gosh, I I love I love the monsters rising up because like um, I don't know if it stems from my childhood or um, anything, but I uh, before I saw Tremors, just putting it out there, before I saw the movie Tremors and any one after subsequently after that, I used to have these awful awful dreams of I'd be running through sand and they're like, oh no, you can't run through that sand, and then I'm like, why? And they're because of the worms. Look at your feet, and I would look at my feet, and there'd be like these little worms that have like they burrow into your skin and crawl up and just stay in your heel. They don't really hurt you. They're kind of like I don't know. They're just uh, it just it freaked me out, yeah. and so. And so then anytime, then, then when I saw Tremors for the first time and I was like, oh no, I was a kid. So I was like, they do exist. <laughs> um, so any kind of creature that like rises up that you don't know is there is horrifying to me. Cause it's like, you're just walking along and you're walking on somebody's home and they're like, Hey, you're, I, I'm going to attack you now. Not because I hate you, but because I feel threatened by your mere presence on my face. Yes. <laughs> so, so, yeah. um, Sorry, who was it? Uh, Beef griller. Yeah, the the creature I was trying to think of is called an Ankheg, or I don't know how you pronounce it, Uh, but they erupt out of the ground and and eat you. It's very common. It's a D&D monster. A lot of the D&D monsters have kind of lost their uh, their frightened, I guess not, they're kind of horror themed because of Jenny Legwarmers, or I call her Jenny Legwarmers, Jenny Pixels. She's been drawing and creating all those D&D monsters, and they're so adorable. Like. How can you how can you hate that? <laughs> so I actually think Tremors is a great um, co- basis for this conversation uh, because I think that's a good example in very kind of D and D's too because it's kind of an action silly movie. Uh, but the idea that you're in danger and you have no idea, you know, you know, there's certainly ambushes and that kind of thing that happens in the game. But like you said, you're just walking around, you're going to Granny's house or you're going to the market and Mama. then just out of, you know, out of the ground, Mama comes up. Blah, blah. Yep. Um, but I think the balance is that in theory, that should be a creature that just kills you. It shows up and now you're dead. Yep. But that's not really how most role-playing games work. You know, there, there has to be a, a chance for you to succeed. There's got to be a battle. So how do you moderate keeping that creature scary, but not making an insta-kill so that your characters can actually fight it? Do you think? Right. <laughs> I guess uh, I have not, I, as a DM, I have not dealt with any kind of monsters yet, really. Um Gosh, uh, 
I guess, honestly, the, the first thing I would go to is just the size, because obviously, you know, with big things rising out of the ground are super, super scary to me anything anyway. Um, but also just like, um, usually, I guess if I'm if I'm DMing um, and I try to think of a monster, I would always try to think of of like, all right, there's this huge giant, you know, whatever sandworm or, or you know, out of D&D something. And then. I would usually try to make it so there's something um, not quite, you know, normal about it. Like for the worms, I would always picture blind, like no eyes because mm-hmm. worms, you know? So it's like, if you have this giant, you know, 50 foot thing that has just come out of the ground, cause you've just been trampling on it, but it doesn't have any eyes. So it's like, okay, so how, you know, how can we work against that while it's trying to eat us and, you know, and kill us. So for me, instead of it just being like, oh, and this thing that rises out of the ground and tries to eat you, usually things that, that come out of the ground usually have some kind of hindrance to them. Like, um, you know, a lot of worms come out, you know, they don't really, they don't have a lot of mobility and they don't have a lot of, you know, eyesight, you know, around them. So that's usually something that, that the players can kind of be like, oh my God, there's this giant creature that's just attacking blindly. And, oh, maybe they have, you know, it wraps around one of the, um, you know, one of the party members and is like, I'm going to eat you now. (laughs) And so instead of it, instead of it just coming out and literally killing everyone, it's kind of like, Oh, it's attacking us. Oh wait, it's attacking him, but it doesn't really see me because it's blind or, you know, whatever. It can't really move that well. It could be some sort of uh, like pheromone, male versus female, racial, uh, someone who's just had a bath recently versus the guy who's covered in mud and mud and dirt. Um, So, um, because that was the whole thing about scary about tremors is that they felt you. Yeah, well, that was scary. <laughs> and I think, and again, I, I like that movie as an example because that that creates some very interesting scenarios at low level. At, at high level, um, things get a little bit different. Dirty habanero. I was talking about like if you can fly, then, mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing. Um, but there's that scene in Tremors where they're all like on a rock and they're kind of stuck. Yeah, it's almost like they're on an island in the ocean. Like you know, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? So eventually, they all try to just run in different directions, and I think that's that's an awesome moment that can happen in a game where, all right, everybody run. DM rolls a D four or D six. You're the one. Which one's gonna go? Yeah, and that that could just be a really fun uh, situation, or you could have the person who's trying to be a hero, and they're like stomping and you know trying to trying to get the creature to come them their way versus mm-hmm. someone else um i was playing in a game a few years ago at gen con where there was a a creature like that 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 would erupt out of the ground and one of the characters tried to walk in a way that would um, hide its movements you know, just something about the way they were moving. And they, they rolled their check and they got a natural 20. And the DMO, which I thought was amazing, he, he basically explained it that he walked in a way that caused it to attack someone else. And he had the creature attack one of the bad guys that was fighting them. So he was able to manipulate the creature with his uh. walk, which was just kind of a, a fun little thing. Um, but going back to what Dirty Habanero was talking about, it, you know, if you can fly, it kind of eliminates that threat. Yeah. So what if maybe at high levels, rather than coming up out of the ground, it's coming from like another dimension. So it didn't come from the ground, but there's just like all of a sudden there'd be a hole in time and space and it would come out sideways or come out from the top. It still has the effect of you don't know you're in danger, but there's something, you know, even like Stranger Things, it's like right there. And if yeah. it comes through, now you're fighting it. Yep. Yeah, Stranger Things is a really good example of that. 
because it would it did come out of different dimensions it wasn't just like out of the ground it could come out of a tree or out of a house so out of the wall and, oh, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes there was like a hole next to a tree i, I don't know it didn't mm -hmm. always make exact sense but i didn't care because it was really fun all right have you, have you finished it Oh yeah, I've finished season one a couple of times. Oh, okay. I'm rewatching right. it now, getting ready oh, for that's season right. two. Yeah. You're doing a rewatch of it. I yeah. really yeah, I should do a rewatch of it. I think I'm gonna have it in the background playing on loop uh, at my Halloween party. Yeah, that that would probably be a good idea. <laughs> All right. So we will wrap things up as we usually do. Uh, we we do a little audience QA. We have a few people that have been watching. So uh, there's a bit of delay. So by the time they catch up if they have any questions, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I am on Twitter at kickassemily, um, and pretty much it. <laughs> Obviously, I have Facebook and Instagram, um, but uh, also thirdactpublishing.com. Or third act dot pub oh. i think the actual yeah there we go <laughs> you know it better than i do <laughs> third act dot pub yeah has a lot of the um has some of the rpgs that we've produced i think you can buy reflections uh on or is, is that through drive through rpg i don't know i'm not the marketing person Talk to greg. <laughs> <He's> the <laughs> nice. greg is our marketing person i'm just the face <laughs> okay um so we kind of have like one question that came out a couple episodes ago that we really liked some of the audience seemed to really like it so it's now become standard so we ask it of everybody so emily yes if you were an action figure or there was an action figure made of you what are the three accessories that would come in your package <gasps> oh my gosh um oh that is a really good question all right. Oh man, I have so many things. Um, I my three things would be three different types of swords because it would have the belly dancing Turkish scimitar sword because obviously my action figure has dress up things for belly dancing, yep. um, but it, it also has a Chinese broadsword because my action figure is also a second degree level black belt in kung fu. So she would have to have her broadsword, her Chinese broadsword, to go when she quick changes from the belly dance to the kung fu and goes fights evil. Um, and then she would also have to have a um, because my favorite action figure figure is Batman, obviously. So. Oh. You would have to have uh, kind of like the battering bat sword. Yeah. Almost like a bat lift, like the Klingon. <laughs> yeah, 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 except it'd be black, obviously, because yeah. he's Batman. Um, <laughs> and it would have something like forever written. <laughs> <laughs> so your, your uh, action figure would definitely have kung fu grip then. She would have, she would have, she would have kung fu kick and belly dance chop. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. Alrighty. Yep. So again, we'll wait a couple seconds to see if any questions come in. Uh, if not, we will kind of wrap things up. As for myself, you can find me on Twitter at the RPG Academy and pretty much anywhere, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Google Play, Google Plus, whatever. If you search the RPG Academy and something comes up, it's probably me. Um, Catacon just over two weeks away. Very, very exciting. So we will, we should have an episode or a show next week. I don't think we're going to have an episode the week of a catacomb. At least I won't be hosting it. I don't know if somebody else wants to jump in, but I'm sure I will be very busy uh, getting ready for a catacomb stuff. Uh, yeah, so New York Traders is kind of quiet. Chat wasn't as active uh, tonight, but that just happens sometimes. But Emily, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I look forward to hearing more about your game. And uh, I'm one of the people that you should be calling trying to set up trials and interviews and stuff so when you yeah, get around to that let me know. I, know I know i will i will for sure just the end of this year man just snuck up so fast 
it was like, I'm thinking about doing a Kickstarter in November. And Jim's like, yeah, November's in two weeks. So where's all that? And I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. Shoot. November's not that far away. Yeah. So it does yeah. kind of sneaks up on you. Almost like a mama. Ah, there we go. There it is. Awesome. Full so, circle. Yeah. All right. So we do an awkward wave out because it takes a while for me to find the, the little button that turns the show off. So I like that. So we're just going to keep waving until I get there. I like it. It's great. It's having fun. Everybody. Bye, guys. Bye. Yay. Yay. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out therpgacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, The Caleb G, at The Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at The RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.